Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got another good one for you folks as LSU takes down the Tigers. Uh, that's two Tigers, two weeks in a row, actually. Uh, but we just dominated uh, against Auburn at home, winning 48-18. to 18. We're going to get into all that. There was obviously some other good games going on across the league and in the country. We're going to talk about that as well. Before we do, want to check in with the co-host as we, as is customary. Hopefully, you guys had a good weekend. Otherwise, you know, in addition to the game that is, and uh, yeah, just uh, glad to be back with y'all, especially after a thorough victory. But how are y'all doing? Uh, doing good. Good to be with you. I, I totally agree. Good to be with you after a big Tiger victory. Um, man. A very, it seemed like a very thorough game for LSU. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I feel like we've taken another step and excited to break it down with y'all. Yeah, it was a nice Saturday. LSU showed improvement uh, pretty much every phase of the game, which is awesome to see. There were some other exciting college football games, I, I guess, as there always are. Um, but the the b- big build one of Washington, Oregon lived up to the hype as well. That was fun. And yeah, the Tigers moved on, won the game they needed to against Auburn. So that sets us up nicely for a late season stretch. So I guess we can hop into that. Yep. And speaking of hopping, the Tigers hopped up a few spots in the polls. We're actually sitting at 19 in both the coaches and the writers poll, uh, which is right behind Notre Dame. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, I feel like one day there's going to be destiny and we're just going to have a Brian Kelly bowl. Uh, right. It just, it feels like it's going to happen in the next year or two. Uh, Cause we, I've seen kind of on par the, the last uh, season or so, but anyway, Tigers dominated Auburn. It uh, it's like they came out of the gates. Then Auburn kind of showed that they had a pulse and then we kind of just shifted gears after halftime and just completely, completely took over. Um, now, just looking at the overall part of it, I would say kind of like what Daniel said, I, I thought this was probably the Tigers most complete game all season because they were obviously very good on offense. Um, defense has definitely shown improvements. I can definitely see the Harold Perkins. We all thought we would see, you know, it's here. It is, you know, game seven, but uh, that's like, that's the type of stuff we expect to see every game probably won't shouldn't expect to see that every game, but you love to see that every game. He had some great plays. Definitely saw his presence there. Uh, and some other guys stepped up too, you know, uh, just all around great efforts. Some, some, I saw some improvements in special teams too. So really happy about all that. And I'd say this is, yeah, I'd say the, the best complete game we've had all season. Could you yeah, say that? Yeah. The Tigers were pretty sharp uh, overall. Um, there was not a lot to to pick at for the most part. We knew that Auburn's passing attack was not exactly formidable, and they they showed up with that. But th- that was fine for our defense. Uh, we uh, put the the players where we need to. They they tried to pick on Zai Alexander a little bit in terms of defense, but he held strong enough. And our defensive line showed a big step up, getting pressure on their quarterback, stuffing the run, uh, which is where Auburn likes to lean on. And yeah, good performances all around. Offense, they they did their normal job. Jaden Daniels still special, both on the air and on the ground. 
Uh, Malik Neighbors has now ascended to number one in the country in receiving yards, so he's just a, a surefire go-to. And then Kyron Lacey stepped up um, on offense as well. Brian Thomas didn't have a big game, so it was good to to get him mixed in as the, that wide receiver three. Uh, had a few penalties. That's probably the only thing you could maybe say uh, was not so great. But overall, yeah, a, a good performance Saturday night in Death Valley. The the fans were ready for it, and the LSU Tigers, that is, uh, played up and played with a lot of heart. So I was really encouraged by what we saw last night. Yeah, I mean, just an exciting way to uh, to top off a, a good day of college football, like you said, with the Oregon game. Um, really looked complete. Really liked what I saw out of uh, fan or. I guess Tommy's fan favorite Logan Diggs. He kicked off the kicked off the game with a really uh, key run that put us right in like almost the red zone and within the first what minute and a half. Um, I feel like we've been able to establish the run, which is something that we we struggled with last year. And and you know I think he's definitely now our after after this game like he's our feature back. He's he's the n- number one back. Um, Jaden Daniels continues to put on Heisman numbers. I think now like. I, he has to be, he has to be in New York. Right. I know. I, yeah. I think everybody was kind of like talking not. about, everybody was kind of talking about would, would LSU's like performance kind of weigh him down. Mm-hmm. And like, if we, if we continue to kind of be up and down and lose games where we shouldn't, um, would it matter? I think now, I mean, that's, I'm not going to say that like Auburn's, you know, the best team in the country or something, but that's a, that's a good win for him where he showed out on the stat sheet. Um, I think he's got to be in New York, which that's a win. That's a win for LSU. Like put, sending enough, sending a guy to, to the Heisman trophy ceremony, you know, sending two guys in the past four years. is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I don't think I would have expected this year. No, absolutely not. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good win. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to, uh, that the momentum we have kind of going forward. Um, and I mean, look, you compare kind of our win to, I got to watch all, all the, all of the Bama game. Um, man, this, you know, if there's a year, if there's a year that's right for us to, you know, take one in, in Tuscaloosa, it's gotta be this year. Right. Yeah. They, they need to play like we did this week and not, uh, be so porous like we were against Ole Miss or Mississippi State. I think one of the big pluses I saw in the game was you mentioned that early uh, run by Logan Diggs, just scoring the touchdown on the first possession. Uh, it was Logan Diggs followed by a big pass to Malik Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Like, and then we got the ball right back. Auburn couldn't do anything, and we ended up kicking a field goal in the second possession. But it was we were out ten to zero before we could even blink, and that's something that the Tigers have struggled with. Uh, even this season is, is getting down in early leads and having to claw back in the second, third quarter. But this one was not so uh, after that, it was pretty much set on cruise control and let the, the playmakers do what they needed to. So uh, Brian Kelly will be clapping his guys on the back for that. And it also makes for some uh, lower stress viewing when you're not just kind of clenched on the edge of your seat, waiting for LSU to, to try and make a big play. Uh, but yeah, that, that was great. Harold Perkins played like the, guy we know he could be multiple tackles a huge sack coming off the edge like a rocket uh that one's already kind of making the the rounds on lsu social media and uh, a couple of passes defended as well he was dropping back into coverage some which was 
interesting to see. Uh, but I guess it worked out well enough when Auburn doesn't quite have the dynamic playmakers other teams might. Right. And they also were, uh, you know, using that coverage to make it hide when he was kind of coming in. I think he got one of his sacks when it looked like he was covering the slot guy. And then he just ran into the quarterback right after the snap. So they weren't really watching him, which is amazing. Like, how could you not be keeping your eye on this guy the whole time? But they were obviously mixing it up. And I'm glad they finally figured out how to use him uh, in the most efficient way. And but I mean, just looking at the defense, just like you said, they we got that first stop, which was impressive. But then we got two more. Right. And, you know, no, Auburn's defense was not or excuse me, Auburn's offense uh, was was nothing that we were really expecting a lot out of. I mean, they did score uh, more or they passed for more than 100 yards, which was the first time I think they have in like five games or something like they had a, a, a division one record going. Um but we gave up 102 yards, but still like that's, that's good for us. Even if it is against, you know, Auburn's makeshift team and with the new coach taking over, I mean, you could see Hugh freezes just discussed the whole night, either in his guys or the reps. I mean, yeah, we had penalties, but they had some too. Uh, you know, there was an overturn call. John Emery got a, a touchdown. Uh, my goodness. I mean, I think John Emery area has just begun. I think we just witnessed it. <laughs> he's, he's got what, three, four years of eligibility? He'll be here. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just he's setting up, up for next year. Cream rises to the top, baby. No, but no, I'm just, I'm glad he's, you know, he's, he's doing what he was supposed to be doing. But as far as LSU's offense, yeah, they did their thing. Uh, but it, it's just interesting to, to see them because I think we have the top passer in the league, Jaden Daniels. Uh, we have two of the top receivers, as you mentioned earlier, Malik's leading the country. But then uh, we also have uh, Brian Thomas and now Kyron Lacey's there. He's what I saw from him was great. He didn't drop anything. He caught it. And guess what? When you do that, we sustain drives. We yeah. score touchdowns. It's amazing. Can I also can I also say that uh, Scott? Uh, we talked about this last podcast. This is something I know that you're very um, excited about or passionate about. Uh, finding a good kick returner. Yes, we haven't been able to do it. We, I mean, we. I think I remember. I think we talked about it either last week or the week before. I, I can't remember a time that we had an electric kick return since like 2018. I mean, like I, I, I legitimately can't. Maybe like a Trey Palmer sometime. Oh, uh, but we had one last night. I wrote it down. I was going to talk about it. It's like, oh my yeah. God, did we just see a kick return go past the 50? Yeah. <laughs> we did. Oh my God, I think we almost got into field goal territory on a kickoff return. Something's happening. I mean, it took half a season, but Tiger Jackson looks like yeah. he might be that guy. Um, and, then, and then I also, I mean, his little, his little uh, swing pass out of the, out, uh, that, he, that he caught. Did anybody else kind of feel like that reminded them of uh, Leonard Fournette versus Auburn? His yeah, very, very reminiscent. Yeah, yeah. He, that's two so far this year for him, right? Like he, uh, he had one a few games ago, but yeah, that one was good also. I mean, the guy who's making his presence felt. Yeah. Love it. Excited about sure. that. And we got two more years of him. Mm-hmm. The offense is so dynamic. I mean, this is three straight games with over 48 or 48 or more points scored. It's almost to the point where it's like 
you don't even think about it. You're like, yeah, we're just going to hang a big number up there. And it's just up to the defense, whether they can stay in the game enough. Uh, and it's slightly reminiscent of the 2019 LSU as well, where you're just going to know that they're going to put up big points and you, you almost kind of take it for granted a little bit. Like, and you think back to, I mean, SEC games of the past, there's been plenty of times when LSU was scoring 20, like 24. And like, you're, you're thinking that the defense is going to be pretty good and, and hold the opponent in check. And that's what you're going to win with. Uh, but yeah, Jaden Daniels has added so many wrinkles um, and abilities, both uh, with his running uh, prowess and improved confidence through the air. That was something we saw a lot last year where he didn't really want to push the ball downfield as much. And that's something where he stepped up a lot, trusting his receivers. He'll kind of stare down Malik neighbors or Brian Thomas a little bit and uh, kind of show you where he's going, but then he's got the touch um, to, to put the air underneath the ball and put it where it needs to be. Uh, so that that's great to see. And then kind of the other big question after this game for me was like, was the defense improved or was Auburn's offense just that bad where they uh, made us look good because that kind of happened against Mississippi state too. Right. And I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, better individual performances and there wasn't as much as like free gimmies where the guy just slips free and he, there's nobody within 10 yards and it's just an easy touchdown uh which is what you need against improved competition coming up like bama or a&m in florida so i think there was definitely some some talkings too after the last few shellackings the defense took um and you'll you'll take what the opponent gives you which is what auburn had last night so overall uh, happy with that Absolutely. Uh, and as far as the defense, I mean, yeah, we had some great plays from the guys we expected, but uh, I, I'd say, yeah, our Auburn's deep offense is not spectacular, but still it's like they were using two quarterbacks. They were throwing everything they could at us and our guys were able to maintain and they didn't really pass for much. I think the fact that we could contain their rushing because, you know, that, that, that has been an issue. You know, even with guys where, I don't know, they, they shouldn't have given up much rushing yards. They did because they weren't tackling. Our guys were out of position. We didn't really see that. So the fact that Auburn had to beat us through the air, they just couldn't. So more improvement. Uh, I don't know if it's really Pete Jenkins stepping in. I don't know if it's them finally just putting all the pieces together or what, but... Um, I'll, I'll take a, a dominant performance over a team that we weren't expecting to see that type of game any day. Now, the the other thing, like you said, with the kick return, that's amazing. That's that's the part of the 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 team that we haven't really seen is that third element, right? Because yeah. there's years ago where that would be something that could break a game wide open, like Tyran Matthew did uh, one year against Arkansas and then against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Right. It's like you're playing flat, but then something like that. It's a spark. Give you, yeah. It can give you some momentum. So we mm -hmm. had that. We had pretty good kicking from Ramos. I mean, he, you know, just so we didn't end up in a drive with no points. Uh, like you said, we jumped out to 10 0 lead. So that's, that's better than 7 0. Then we tacked on some more, got up to 20. That's good. It's, that was obviously more than we needed, but eventually the offense started clicking again. I mean, we, we had lost, um, Emory Jones, right? Right before, I think it was right before half. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, Salem's Heard came in and, uh, you know, he, I think he did okay. There was obviously some, some things new to him. He did have a penalty. He had, he got beat, but 
look what we were able to do in the second half. So I think we were fine. Do we, do we yeah. know, do we have like a, a readout on Emory Jones for the future? Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly said today that it's a sprained ankle and he'll likely be out a couple of weeks. He said one to two weeks, uh, the immediate future is army this week, which thankfully we probably won't need his services for all things then considered. Bye. And then the buy and then yeah. Bama. So three Saturdays away, hopefully that's enough time to, to get it rested up, ice it down and, and be back in action. But I'm glad it's nothing too serious, or at least it doesn't seem so at this point, but yeah, that'll be the, the target. I'm sure he has circled. Yeah. yeah and I also mean, give... It's not like a, I mean, it's not a, a instant season ender. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say it also give uh, Zalen's herd uh, that many more reps on the, you know, the first team. So if for whatever reason, Jones isn't ready or if he is, but then, you know, whatever, Hurd uh, will have that much more preparation under his belt. But yeah, um, great game. Uh, gave the game ball to Harold Perkins, which is great. Uh, but they, I don't know if, uh, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know you guys probably saw it. Uh, the big three uh, logo on, on Tiger Field was, mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. Uh, in honor of uh, Greg Brooks. So that was cool to see. Um, yeah. I'll, oh, one, one, one little note prior to uh, this game. Uh, earlier this week, I got to I got to go to an event, uh, kind of an LSU Booster Club uh, luncheon, and uh, got to see and hear from uh, Whit Weeks and uh, Tank Guillory, which I didn't. I mean, I, I had heard that, he, that he's going by Tank, but they all called him Tank. Um, and uh, Major Burns was there, and uh, I think that was it. But anyways. Got to hear from them. There's a lot of defensive players. Um, oh, Greg Penn. Greg Penn was also there. Um, and I mean, they they were they were uh they were confident going into this game. They were saying, I mean, you know, they were they were uh not really they they were oh they owned up to kind of like the um the problems that they had as far as you know defensively, uh when asked about it. But we're very confident going into this game, and uh, one, uh, something that that really stuck out to me, um, Weeks, when asked about Matt House, said, "Yes, he's a he's he's really a football genius." And I, sometimes I get lost in the meeting room when when I'm talking when he's talking to us. So um, kind of interesting there. Uh, you know, good to see him in person, man. Weeks, he's a big guy. Like for a freshman, beefy. He, he was an impressive looking guy. Gotcha. It's it's funny you said that because I remember a few years ago we when we had what was it, Kevin Steele come in. Um plenty of plenty of knowledge, right? Like he played he coached in the pros, uh he's got a lot of experience. And one of the things I remember them saying was he's good, but there was an issue with just how he was communicating. It was, it was like too complicated, right? Like I remember them talking about that. It's like, ah, it's, it's, it's probably good. Whatever he's talking about, we're just, it's just really hard to understand. So um, I wonder if that's, it sounds like that's what it is where it's uh, Matt house has some really good ideas. It's just, um, it's just hard to, you know, they, it's, it, they've got to pare it down a little bit because, you know, there are college kids with all the stuff going on. So I don't know. I mean, he came from the pros, so. Uh, especially from a guy who, you know, this time last year was like getting, was like playing 
legitimate high school football. Right. That so he's, he is a true, true freshman of all true freshmen. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. sure I think, I think going to the sec with any type of scheme and coach is going to be, you know, pretty difficult. Um, let alone, you know, if, if Matt house is uh, his scheme might be, you know, way, way more. Right. But, and yeah, interesting. it's cool to see him. Yeah. And speaking of defensive game plan, that's going to be kind of an interesting one this week. Cause we're going against army, which I mean, they're not exactly a, a juggernaut They're two and four, but they do, run the uh, the triple option as a lot of these service academies do. And so that, that'll be a different look definitely for Matt house to break down to his defense and get him educated. Cause I mean, the true freshman, they may not have ever even played against an offense like this before. Uh, and so that's something that LSU fans can watch out for in the first quarter to see if like we get just kind of bamboozled by some plays They're, They always got weird wrinkles to that. Um, I was reading a thing that, Army doesn't run the super traditional triple option anymore where it's like 100% running and they actually mix in some passing with that. But I, I think we'll be okay. I'm sure Matt House will get them coordinated and uh, lined up properly, but there may be a bit of a learning curve there. Yeah, they, maybe we'll get gashed for a little bit to begin with, but kind of settle in, make some adjustments and be okay. Now, LSU's offense should see continue to see that right i don't know I'd hopefully we'd see some some nuts like right at right in the start of the third quarter or whatever uh that would be great although i will i will give this you know I, I've, I've given stuff to J- Jaden daniels before but uh several times in this game even after he'd ran for like 20 yards bro slid feet first like in between like five guys i was so impressed i'm like yes thank yes. you yes thank you you do not need to take them head on. Okay. You don't have to prove that you already got the first down and more. You're going to hit Malik on for a pass for a touchdown two plays from now. Take the slide. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Um, so I was happy to see that. And um, yeah, I, I'd say just it's, it's at this point, it's just saving him for the, for the rest of the season. Cause we do have some, uh, some tough games to get into. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it may not be this week, but after our bye, where there's there's Alabama, then we have Florida, we have some couple others, but then we also have to finish up with Texas A&M. They all had some good games this weekend. Um, it was very interesting. Some some good games, some down to the wire. You know, in the in the SEC, of course. I do think uh, Missouri beat Kentucky on the road by uh, a, a few scores. So I think that makes our win against them look a little bit better. Yeah, right. and, and I, mean, kind of, the, I feel like that uh, Kentucky is kind of hyped up. You know what I mean? Like, like their Mark Stoops and, and their win, you know, their wins that they've had um, in the eyes of the you know the national world, they they're kind of like a contender in mm-hmm. the East, even though sure. you know, they're not going to beat Georgia. But right, no, they're up then, starts. Yeah, and Florida won on the road at South Carolina and a close one, and that's. I guess one to watch because we still have Florida on the schedule and they're actually looking a little bit improved this year uh, under Napier, not exactly a championship caliber team, but definitely one that could, I mean, they already beat Tennessee. And so that's a one that LSU really needs to win to keep our sec championship hopes alive. But um, I guess we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. And then you had uh, Arkansas and Alabama, which, Last I saw, our, uh, Alabama was up, I think, 21 to nothing. 
Arkansas came back, uh, not to win, but Alabama won 24 to 21. I, don't know, I thought that was a little telling, right? Uh, obviously, Alabama's offense kind of hit a, a wall there at some point. Their defense probably saved it for them because, you know, KJ Jefferson, all them were probably knocking on the door trying to take the game from them late in the quarter. The other games, like you said, Oregon and Washington came down to the wire, missed field goal. Uh, I don't know. There are some other calls in that game, like should Dan Lanning had just taken a field goal earlier instead of trying to go for it on fourth down. I don't know. He took credit for it. He said, yeah, that's my fault, but oh, it's still a good game. Now, do you think, though, like I only was able to watch like very little of it, mostly the end. Daniel, you were probably able to watch more. Like is, is Michael Penix really – I mean, I know he's good, but I mean, is is he better than what – is he done better than what – Jaden Daniels has done. He's good. He's dynamic with his arm, uh, throws a strong ball. He benefits a lot because they have a really good receiving core at Washington, similar to LSU or a team like Ohio state maybe, but um, they were without their second uh, leading receiver and still a lot of guys stepping up uh, for, for Washington. They really just gun it straight at you. Not exactly an air raid, but yeah, Penix is is good and, and works really well in that system. They've unlocked him more than his uh, previous stint at Indiana could. And yeah, they're, they're a dangerous team. I called them out before the season as kind of a playoff, not exactly dark horse because they were uh, favored, but uh, a contender, I guess. And with USC getting kind of walloped up by Notre Dame, then that's looking even more possibly likely, but the PAC 12 kind of round Robin of death seems to have started kind of rearing its head also. Oh, absolutely. Cause uh, the other, there was some ranked match, you know, uh, UCLA and um, I'm sorry. I'm where'd it go. UCLA played Oregon state. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. UCLA and Oregon State. Uh, Oregon state came out on top for that. Then there was the big USC Notre Dame game. Um, wow. I wasn't expecting that, right? I mean, yeah, are, we're talking about Heisman and people saying Caleb Williams for back-to-back Heisman campaign basically grounds in a halt yesterday. Somewhat um, reminiscent of Leonard Fournette going to Bama and running into a, a wall. Caleb Williams threw, I think, three picks and couldn't get anything going with the offense. So, uh, I mean, there's still chances, but that was a rough showing for Lincoln Riley and his boys. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, we kind of yeah. feel like the the Lincoln Riley experiment in, in at USC is is kind of on the downturn is it not working out the way they thought it would I mean he did win a high you know he, he got a player that won a Heisman but he's done that right you know what I mean like he's he did that at, at uh Oklahoma but they, that didn't mean they went won anything right well I mean they thought they had something last year had they beat beaten uh Tulane in the bowl game Maybe that uh, maybe that would have looked a little bit better, but I, I think them having two losses last year was totally acceptable. But then they lose to to Tulane. What? Yeah, we're USC. I mean, he's definitely elevated the program a little bit, and with a school with the history and prestige and resources that they have, I think there's definitely still chances for them to contend for a championship in the future. And I mean, they they only have one loss this year. The season is not over by any means, um, but they kind of got what they expected, a high power offense, pretty weak defense and uh, a bit of flash in between. So we'll, we'll see if that continues or not, but they, they've done better at recruiting 
although the, the turnaround hasn't been like immediate. So maybe he's morphing into a bit of a, a jumbo situation where highly paid, highly touted, but then he can't can never win the big game. Uh, I guess time will tell because they, they never really won the big one in Oklahoma either with Riley. Yeah. And they, and gosh, they had, op- had opportunities. No. Yeah. But uh, look, just looking around the league, Texas, or, yeah, Texas A&M, Tennessee, uh, I don't know. It was kind of close. Max, Max gave it his all. Literally, I mean, dude would like tried to do his best Manziel impersonation, diving for the end zone. He got a touchdown, but um, again, Jimbo could not win that one. Um, I'd say the East is probably in Georgia's control. Again, they started slow with Vanderbilt, but then they just did what they did. You know, they still won by three scores. It's Georgia. Bowers might be hurt. He looked a little like he maybe dinged up his ankle, but I mean, it's still Georgia. Like you said, Tommy, there's really not any elite teams out there, but like, is there really anybody in front of Georgia that you think is really going to take them out at this point? I don't think so. I mean, we still got the Georgia Florida game, which is always good, but, uh, I don't know. That'll, that'll be in two weeks. So that'll, that'll be interesting. That, that might be the only thing that could trip him up, you know, like just a, a surprise. I, I don't know. I think they usually have a bye before that game. Usually both teams do. I don't know if they do this year, but I don't know. That, that could probably be the only thing that would trip him up because otherwise they're just steady Eddie, right? It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's probably going to be them in the SEC championship game against, I don't know, us or Alabama. That's that's kind of what it seems like now. Now, do we think, like, let's? Am I being a little little optimistic? Let's say we beat Bama and then we go to the SEC championship game. Could this offense beat a a Georgia team that kind of has that little slow that slow start that we've seen? And it's it's you know we've seen it saw it this week, saw it two weeks ago. You know, kind of uh, they're not able to start. You know, really get off to a off to a good foot. Defense might not be, you know, what it was last year, and we have one of the best offenses in the country. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. It it depends which defense for us shows up, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> right, like LSU, the one. Good. I was gonna say LSU kind of depends on Georgia a little bit in the meantime because we need Georgia to beat Ole Miss because otherwise we don't control our own destiny. That's uh, true. So, but I mean. They they got the better of us in the championship game last year, and that's one of their hallmarks is neutralizing opponents' strengths. Uh, they're not the, the flashiest team on the block, but they'll just overpower you, and there's nothing you can really do about it. So obviously we'll cross that bridge when the, the time comes, but uh, they're a very quiet number one team, I would yes. say. like They're not, I would say, like Titans or anything, but they, they just keep on winning. That's just what they do. So I, mean, I, I guess good on them for finding their identity and making it work. It's crazy to me because like, I feel like it just shows you the, the, the brand that in the allure that Nick Saban has, has created, because if this was, if, if this Georgia team was a Nick Saban coach team, I feel like they're in, they were Alabama. I feel like, all the media would be talking about was how good they are. How good is, how good is Brock Bowers? Look at that. Oh man, look how good that defense is. They're just so steady all the, but I feel like they just don't talk about the number one team in the country. And and actually on game day early uh, on game day this week, um, or no, was it game? It was either game day or it was like, uh, college, like the, um, uh, 
you know when they cut in it's like joey galloway and uh matt matt barry and like another guy um and they're talking about like during halftime of the espn games they were like talking about uh basically how yeah georgia's actually not that good <laughs> like and you know oh i don't know like i think i think it uh, you know when they play they, we were talking basically talking about how michigan they think michigan is actually the true number one team um I, I just don't think that would be happening if if this if this Georgia team was in Alabama. Mm, right. Well, that's what I was going to mention is because the the teams right behind them you have Michigan, uh, Ohio State, Florida State. They they do you know give them props whenever because they they do have some good wins on their their schedule already. Now Michigan and Ohio State will definitely play down the road. We know, but Ohio State has. Penn State this upcoming week, I believe. So yeah, that's uh, again, that's this weird twelve noon kickoff. You know, it's like when it's Penn State at Penn State. It's usually a night game. They do the whiteout. It's a whole thing. They don't always win, but yeah, Ohio State, Penn State, noon. <laughs> We're gonna do this at noon. Um, Big noon then, kickoff. Yeah, I don't know. I think a, another good one. Now it, it is. I don't want to say odd or off. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a different year for Alabama, Tennessee. You know, I think they've kind of been, this is kind of back where they were. Josh Heupel's doing well, but you know, uh, both teams will be five. I'm sorry. They have one loss. Uh, Tennessee's five and one Alabama six and one. Uh, it's the, it's the marquee game on CBS on Saturday. Could be good. I don't know. Uh, we'll see if Tennessee can do anything or if we just see what else Alabama has. Like, uh, I, I'm just curious to see what, what they're going to look like before their bye week against us because I don't know. Their defense is good. It always is. And it, but it usually comes down to, you know, can we stop their offense? I, I feel confident about that this year, even though our defense is kind of the opposite. But I feel like our offense is going to win it for us. Well, Tennessee, their offense is not as good as they were a year ago with Hinton Hooker right. um, when they were number one in the country at the, the beginning of the year. They've taken a little bit of a step back, so I kind of expect Bama's defense to to wrangle them and, and Nick Saban to control that game. But it would be uh, good for fans of chaos if the, the tide were overturned two years in a row at the hands of the Vols. Uh, but yeah, the, the game you mentioned, Penn State versus Ohio State, two Big Ten teams that have looked really good, actually, but neither has faced stiff competition at all. So this is the first big matchup uh, for each. And Ohio State has run this rivalry in the past few years. The Nittany Lions are raring to to get up one over on them, but I think uh, the Buckeyes still keep on going. And either one of them or Michigan ends up in the playoff at the end of the day just because um, – they're so good, but they only have each other in each other's way. So whoever wins is has that path. Um, but still interested to see how that goes uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, I don't know, I guess interesting matchup. You know, we were just talking about USC a minute ago. Now they have Utah come to town, both with one loss. Utah, you know, they've they're 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 formidable. Like uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably in USC's favor. I mean, I think they're favored by five. I, I don't know. I don't think I would bet against them at home on a, on a Saturday night. But it is Utah, so I don't know. If 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 it was going to end uh, Caleb's repeat chances, a loss at home against Utah would probably seal it. Not that I'm rooting for that, but um, yeah, I think that would just point more to 
Lincoln Riley, like Hughes already have two losses before they really play in any of their like late season games. So I I don't know. I think another good one though, Duke Florida State. Do you think Florida State has a a chance to get tripped up here? Well, Duke played Notre Dame close a couple weeks ago, but ended up uh, coming up short there. Their quarterback, Riley Leonard, is hurt. I think he's kind of questionable for Florida State, uh, so they really uh, need uh, him to to get healthy and get in the mix if they're going to have a chance. Yeah. But this is one of the biggest question marks on Florida State's schedule the rest of the way. They've kind of been cruising as well. They've got Clemson still, but Clemson is not who they have been in the past. And Miami got it kind of exposed as well. So Florida State's looking pretty good if they get past this week. I will say they obviously they put us away week one would like to have that one back for the tigers uh but seminoles uh feel pretty pretty good about how things are shaking out this season mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. i think that's pretty much it for all the you know the like the the good the really good games to keep an eye on um it'll be interesting to see how some teams bounce bounce back oregon they're hosting washington washington state um Missouri's going to be hosting South Carolina. I don't know. It'll it'll be some some interesting games next week, and then yeah, we'll have a bye. So we'll we'll have a we'll have a, we'll be we'll be able to take a breather before we head to Tuscaloosa. Hopefully, some guys are, are healthier or healthy, and yeah, we uh, we can improve the defense just to slow down this interesting Alabama attack that we're going to see in a couple of weeks. But other than that. I don't know. I, I think that the Tigers did get some good news on the side. I know they had some recruits this weekend, uh, had a couple commits, uh, none by any of the top quarterbacks in the country, but uh, we, we did get some help. Uh, Daniel, do you, do you have that? I know we had a, a four-star edge rusher and I think another it was Torin Francis. I forget what he was, but uh, I know CJ Jackson was a four-star. Yeah. Um, what, what do you got for us? So yeah, LSU got two commits the basically while we were playing against Auburn, uh, the, the first was, uh, Teron Francis, 2025 class wide receiver out of Edna Carr, one of the best high schools, uh, in terms of football in Louisiana, they're known for their tenacity, so to speak. Um, and so he's 2025, uh, and I mean, that class is already starting to build up. You can't look too early towards there but in 2024 the class is almost wrapped up but cj jackson did commit to lsu he's a 6'5 uh 225 pound edge rusher out of tucker georgia he was committed to georgia tech at first but then he he flipped to lsu so um beefing up that d line and that brings us i believe to 25 uh commits for this class and that's about it although we'll see how things go down on actual signing day here in, in a little while, but um, staying active on the trail. Uh, I didn't really hear any reports on Bryce Underwood, number one quarterback in the country's impressions of LSU because he was at the Auburn game, but I imagine he was pleased with what he saw on uh, Jane Daniels. And uh, I know Brian Kelly probably gave him a phone call after the game. He was like, that could be you in a couple of weeks, lighting up the scoreboard. So uh, I'm happy that we, we didn't let him down at least. Mm. Yeah. I mean, with with that uh, commitment, our tw- that brings our twenty twenty four class to ninth in the country according to two four seven. Um, interestingly, uh, still no consensus five stars. So mm-hmm. take that what you will. 
um you know a little disappointing i guess but we got some we got some good names in there so um and, and yeah, I think I think I feel like the the jury is still out on Brian Kelly's recruiting, not necessarily the results, because I think he's he's clearly able to put good competitive teams on the field, but the way he recruits and the type of talent he recruits is is very different from what I think LSU fans have been used to over the past, gosh, fifteen years between mm-hmm. O and Kelly. I mean O and uh, uh, Les Miles. Um, you know, I feel like LSU fans really, really got used to five star, five star, uh, you know, good skill player, speed, defensive back, that kind of thing, running or back. like the, the big hype recruit who's on ESPN making his commitment, like that LSU hat's always on the table. Yeah. Like we're, we're in the mix, and that's not quite what's been going on lately. It's not really what's been going on. And then, I mean, you even, you even think back to some of the top recruits that we had, um, I mean, a lot of times, Les Miles did this a lot. I don't know if Oak did it as much. Les Miles would recruit guys just because they were five-star and talented. And even if they didn't have a place on this team, he'd be like, well, we just want you. We'll find a place for you later. Um, I think, you know, the the famous example is Russell Shepard, who was like a top, the top quarterback in the nation, and then ended up just playing wide receiver for us. And he wasn't really that great at wide receiver. Um so I mean, you know, I think there there's clearly like a method to it, and I don't know if uh if uh it really means anything, but to me it is just a little strange, a little disappointing to to look at you know the the top ten and see LSU closer to ten than close than to one. Not that we have to be not that really that matters, but you know, I I'm we have been a little bit spoiled in the you know, years before we were top three, top four, top five recruiting classes consistently. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. Uh, but I don't know. You you said something interesting. I don't know if it's the case, but, you know, you said Brian Kelly kind of recruits a little bit different. He does. I mean, he – and it, he made it pretty obvious when he's given remarks at press conferences before about he wants to recruit guys – that want to win championships and graduate. So he's, he is, it seems like he would be going after a certain player. I mean, at Notre Dame, he, he had to, right? Like he, he had to, he had a little bit more stringent requirements. So I'm wondering if, if that plays into it, because if so, yeah, but I don't know, maybe, maybe he gets a smarter player. I I, I don't know. I don't know how, how he uh, assesses all of that, but I mean, I, I think we could probably trust him to get the people he needs. Yeah, it may not be what LSU fans are used to or would like to see in the recruiting battles because, you know, it is. It's kind of like your your college fantasy draft, right? Guys that recruit, these the players get into it. They're always trying to hype up the, the fan bases before they announce, yo, LSU fans, what do you think? Should I pick? You know, <laughs> it gets, it, they, they get something out of it. They get views, whatever. Um, so... I don't know that that'll probably be different, but LSU wins. Does anybody really care? No, no, definitely. I mean, you're right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's just it is something different. You know, it's like we're just used to. I I just feel like we're used to, like Daniel said, being in the mix, being like at the top at that top. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brian Kelly did dancing videos. Yes. <laughs> with with five stars. I mean, 
And where's he'll that do what it takes. Man? Yeah. He's uh, dancing with another man. How'd that dance happen? How'd that dance work out? Maybe Kelly's like, you know what? Let's stop dancing. Someone said, may I have this dance and stole him away. <laughs> Somebody had to cut in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he he it's, to me, it was like a lateral move, right? Because it's like you went to Ole Miss, Jackson Dart's playing. So I, Yeah, I feel like it was even maybe a downgrade. Sure. I, mean, I don't know. I, Maybe you know, maybe he starts next year, um, and that and good for him. But uh, you're right; like he's not, he's definitely not knocking on the door, like just chomping at the bit to take to take uh, the starting role. Yeah, see, Jackson Dart is not one interception away from losing his job. Yeah, you know, but whatever. That's what the kid wanted. Yep. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I think like we covered a lot already. Is there anything we missed or is there anything else you wanted to add? I think that's it. Uh, do we have any maybe parting score predictions for the Army game before we go? Uh, it's obviously one we're highly favored. I think LSU's favored by 28 points. Um, maybe get a little bit more low scoring, but I think LSU still sticks it to them. So I'm going to go 38-10 LSU. Uh I think LSU rolls. I think we. I think we have a good performance uh, on both both sides of the ball. Give me LSU forty two seventeen. I was going to say something like that. I think the score is going to look a little similar to what it did this week. I, I don't think Brian Kelly is really looking forward or would even want to try and run up the score against uh, our brave men and women with Army. So, well, mostly men, <laughs> but. Uh, I I think at some point though you know you can't help it like he's not gonna just run the ball and take knees before halftime so I think we'll probably see yeah I was gonna say like forty eight to seventeen again something like that I don't yeah. I don't know how we're gonna handle this triple option but I'd say forty forty eight to seventeen very nice and with that I think that'll about do it for us here on talking ticks. Definitely tune in next week. We're going to have the recap for the Army game as well as the rest of college football and who knows, uh, any recruits that we might have picked up along the way. However it shakes out, we will have it all for you here next week on Talking Tigs. Definitely tune in. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.